This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise God. Well, it's so good to be with you tonight. I'm so honored to be able to, and I don't say that lightly, and I think you will find out in a moment why. But it really is an honor for me to be here and to share the Word of God with you. And I I thank Apostle Theo and Pastor Bev for affording me the opportunity and the, you know, entrusting me with their sheep. You really are their sheep to share the Word of God. And I trust tonight that you will be uplifted, that you will be encouraged. That's the whole point of the Word of God. The Word came to give us life. It came to bring light in the darkness. It came to encourage us. It came to reunite us with God. And so I believe that the Lord will speak to your hearts through His Word, which is incorruptible seed, right? And you're going to leave touched. And let me pray and get the rest of my message across in my prayer. Father, I thank you tonight that we can be together to hear your Word. As we celebrate community night, Father, we thank you that you're in our midst. And Father, your Word is so powerful that when it's spoken, it is like seed that goes forth. And I believe tonight that it will be planted deep in the hearts of every single person that hears this Word. So much so, Father God, that even years to come from now, there will still be fruit produced as a result of the words spoken here today. And I thank you that we will be reminded of the things that we hear tonight. The enemy will have no opportunity to steal this word, Father. I give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Praise the Lord. And thank you to those of you that are online as well and in our other venues. So, you know, the values in this world today are facing extinction. Are you aware of that? Do you sometimes take a moment to think about that just in the direction that we're going? I don't do that too often, but in preparation for this message, I had to do that. And in doing so, I began to notice just how true that statement is. And the thing is that the Bible is filled with values. It teaches us how to live in a way that is different and actually contrary to the way that the world is going. Some say that we are living in the most critical, the most condemning, and canceling culture in the history of the world. If you think about it, the entire world today has a voice. We can literally see what everybody is thinking. Never before have we had people on display the way that we do in this day and age. And you know, people get mad if you say stuff, and they get mad if you don't say stuff. It's kind of like the situation where you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. People are very quick to give their opinions. I mean, they're so fast. It's quicker than John Wayne with a six-gun shooter. We are on our cell phones to type, you know, what we think about this situation. We live in a very toxic world today. The culture around us is turning toxic and quicker than ever before. I'm on Twitter. I enjoy that platform. I get the news quickly. And um, I also see that it's like a war zone out there. On Twitter, it's like a war zone. People just look for every opportunity to bring someone down. It's just filled with negativity. Just recently, there was an actor who, in 2017, had made a comment to say, you know, he wonders what it must feel like to accidentally kill someone. And just recently, like in the last week and a half, it actually happened to this actor. 
he accidentally killed somebody. And I can tell you the backlash that I'm seeing on Twitter and in the news, it's crazy. Every opportunity, the same man that would be praised for doing good in the same way is absolutely being shot down. It's, it's a crazy thing to see, pointing out every negative thing that they can find. I mean, he can't even go to a restaurant without it being posted to say, oh, look, he's gone to a restaurant now. You know, he's done this terrible thing. And they just can't help but point out why he should be at home staying in a corner somewhere. And it's just, it's, that's the way that it is, right? And so tonight, I want to talk to you about one of the most missing values in the world today, and actually one of the most important values that the Bible gives us. The Bible's full of this topic, in fact. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and you love Him, then you need to remember that we are called to live a different way. We're not called to follow the way that the world goes. No matter how influential it is, we can't be like the culture that is around us. We can't be condemning, and we can't be criticizing, and we can't be canceling left, right, and center. So the value that I want to talk to you about tonight is actually found in the book of Romans chapter 12, verses 10. This is what it says. I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, honor one another above yourselves. So that's what I want to speak to you about is honoring people, honoring one another above yourself. We're called to live a different way. Can you say that after me? Say, I am called to live a different way. I mean, we are to honor every person, the Bible says, not just the people that we like. We need to do it to others as we do it to ourselves. Isn't that one of the standards that the Bible gives us? One of the ethics of the Bible is to do to others, right, as you would have done to yourself? And Jesus actually taught about this in Mark chapter 6. But before we read out of the book of Mark... Let's just understand what happened just before he began to speak about this. Jesus had just gone through like a healing circuit. Some incredible miracles had happened through his ministry. The, the woman with the issue of blood was healed instantly. Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. The Roman officer who came on behalf of his servant asked Jesus to heal his servant, and he did that. His servant was on death's door and he was healed, and Jesus didn't even go to the guy's house. This incredible miracle happened. The, the demoniac of Gadara, this crazy wild man who was cast out of the city, no one could control him. Even the chains that they put around him were broken. Jesus set him free, cast those demons into the pigs, and they went over the cliff. The man was set free, and the people were amazed. So he had demonstrated the power of God in a marvelous Way. And then we read here in Mark chapter 6, verses 1, it says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. We know he was born in Bethlehem, but he was raised in Nazareth. And so the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him, look what it says, they were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and this power to perform such miracles? And rightfully so, they should have been amazed because what he did was amazing. It was supernatural. And then the Bible goes on to say, then they scoffed. So they went from 
literally, I like you to, I can't believe that, I mean, you're just a peasant person. You'd come from a, a small, insignificant family. How can you be doing these things? And it sounds so much like the world today that we live in. One minute, we're like, 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 oh, yeah, praise God, amen. Wow, look at this celebrity, and they're really, you know, flying the flag of Jesus real high, and the next day something happens, and all of a sudden we're like, ah, I can't believe it, and disassociate, and that sort of thing. It's crazy out there. And then it says, then it goes on, and they say, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph and Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. So what were they doing? They were lowering who Jesus was. In fact, it goes on to say they were deeply offended. I think people are looking for opportunity to be offended today. I think people look for that. Why? Because they want to justify their position. They want to, they want to lash out at people, maybe because of the, uh, the pressure that they're under. They might use that as a, an avenue to sort of let the lid blow off the pot. And you know, the thing about looking for something is if you look hard enough, you're going to find it. Do you agree with that? If you look for offense, and I think especially offense. Come on, I mean, offense is it's like ripe fruit trees. We can just pick a fence off any tree. The opportunities are right there for us, but that's not the way that we are supposed to operate. They were offended. And it goes and it says, and refused to believe in him. So here I need to put a warning up right now and say that if you are offended at someone, you put yourself in an inability to receive what is good from that person. They would not receive from him. If you're offended at God, then you're putting yourself in a place where you can't receive even the good. And I mean, he is good. If you're offended at a man of God who's anointed by God, and then you're putting yourself in a disposition to not be able to receive the good that God wants to give you through that man or through that woman. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown among his relatives and his own family. So we see here that there are places where he gets honor, and there are places where Jesus doesn't get honor. And if you look at the Greek, if we had to go to the original language in which the New Testament is written, which is in the Greek, if you want to get a better understanding of a word, the best thing to do is to go into the original language and have a look at what that word truly means. And, and for the word honor, to be honored and to not receive honor, there is a Greek word for each of those. So I want to talk a little bit about that with you. The word for being without honor and the word for receiving honor so that we can get an understanding of what God is trying to show us here. So the word without honor is the Greek word atimos, and it means this, to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. And the word honor is the Greek word temei. It's spelled time, we pronounce it, pronounce it. It's quite bad when you can't pronounce the word pronounce. We pronounce it tamay, and this is what honor means. It means to value, to respect, to highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. So to put it another way, honor means to value or to see its worth, to add weight to something. And the world, unfortunately, is stripping people 
of their dignity and their worth. The people of God should be adding dignity and worth to those same people. That's what God expects from us. Have a look at the word dishonor. Another way to say it is to take lightly. In other words, you don't appreciate it the way that you should. That's the word dishonor. But you know what? I believe that Christian Family Church is a church that honors. I believe that we have made sure that this value is not lost in Christian Family Church. And it really just serves as a reminder to us the way that we should treat people, the way that we should see people, and not jump to that initial reaction. And in fact, that's, that's the thing that we do, right, is we react too often and too quickly. Let me put it a different way. Honor elevates. And this is, the way that, this is the way that God has called His people to act. And dishonor, what that does is it disseminates. And this describes the culture that we live in. So tonight, let me give you two honor principles out of God's Word that we can apply and should apply in our lives. Let's not focus on the wrong, but let's be mindful of honoring people. So the first principle I want to give you is honoring begins with God's claim on them. Think about what I've just said. Honor begins with God's claim on whoever it is that we might think about dishonoring. It begins with God's view on them. I mean, we only see people sometimes as they are, but and we're not seeing them in the view of the one who created them and who loves them. And God has this unique ability to see people both in their depravity and in their dignity. He has this ability to see them at the same time. That should encourage you tonight. That should encourage you at home. It certainly encourages me that God can see me in my depravity, but also in my dignity at the same time. And God is calling. Uh, in fact, yes, God can look at you and know what you did last week. Yes, He does see what we did last week and still see you in your dignity. He has that ability and He's calling the church to do the same. He wants us to behave the same. But you might say, Paul, uh, you don't know what they did. It doesn't matter what they did. We're going to see them in their depravity and in their dignity at the same time. So let me show you what the Bible has to say about this in Romans chapter 8, verses 30. It says this, And those He predestined, let's just pause there for a moment and deal with a, a false doctrine out there talking about predestination. Some people believe that this word predestination, it's sort of like saying that God has written a play and He's left people out of the play on purpose. But that's the wrong view to have. That's the wrong understanding. It's the wrong doctrine about predestination. What predestination really is, is that God has a predestiny for everybody. That's the predestination that this is talking about. He has a predestination for you. Before you even went there, God saw it. Before my children graduate or matriculate from high school, I've already seen that happening. God has a predestination for everybody. And it goes on to say, he, um, so let me start again. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. That means God sees you 
in a glorified state. You might not even be there. You might not even be seeing these things in your own life. You may be so far off, but God sees you as called. He sees you as justified, and He sees you as saved. He sees you as glorified. Can I give you a bit of good parenting advice? In fact, I'll give me a bit of good parenting advice right now. Don't keep pointing out the wrong in your children and, and bring their wrongness to their attention all the time. They don't respond very well to that. God doesn't do that with us. We're already aware. We're so aware of our depravity. We are so aware of our shortcomings. We should point out their wrongs. Yes, as a good parent, you do that and you correct them. But then you should continue and show them who they really are. Tell them who they really are. After you've done the correcting, tell them. You know, this was not the right way to go about it, but I want to tell you who you are. And declare that over their lives and watch your children step into their true personhood, if I could put it that way around. You see, God sees what you did, but He doesn't judge you based on what you've done. He sees you as who you can become. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13, it says, Submit yourself, look here, submit yourself for the Lord's sake. What that is saying is that this honors God when we do this. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority. That's, that's a powerful statement right there, whether you agree with them or not. Submitting doesn't mean that you necessarily obey them, but it means that we honor them. And Peter, who was the man who penned this, Peter wrote this when they were under Roman rule. Think about that. And the ruler that was looking after them was a guy by the name of Nero. And Nero was a wicked, crazy man. He loved bloodshed so much that he considered it to be a sport. They would, they, you know, they would get people together in like the Colosseums and, and, and have people killing each other, and that was considered to be a sport. I mean, this was a crazy guy. And yet Peter, when he wrote this, he said, even him, even him is what he's saying here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. And sometimes this is where I was hit quite hard in, in, in preparing this message, that I too quickly, especially when it comes to politics, especially you know, in the season that we find ourselves right now. Yeah, when that subject comes up, I, I find myself just easily letting rip. And I shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be speaking that way. And it goes on to say, so it's talking about every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For, listen, for it is God's will that by doing good, look what it's going to do. By doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk. Or shall I say the ignorant statements that I see on Twitter. For by doing good, we should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, the Bible says, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Look here. Show proper respect to everyone. You don't have to agree with what they're doing. But God's saying we should so, show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Why does God call us to do this? Why, is he, why does he tell us to operate this way? Because it is the hope of reaching people. What other way 
What else breaks the hardened, condemning, and critical person? What else can break that person but the love of God? Does the Bible not say that it's God's love that draws men to realize that what they're doing is not right? He draws them to repentance, right? It's through God's love. You know, something that really grinds me and rubs me up horribly the wrong way is littering. I can't stand litter. That's me. I hear someone shouting out there, yes, I think I am in good company. And, it, you know, okay, to see the litter is one thing, but to see the littering take place. I've come to realize that it's like whatever is being thrown onto the ground has an invisible string attached to my carnal man. So as that thing hits the ground, it pulls my carnal man right out of the coffin, and I want to just go absolutely crazy. You know what I'm talking about, right? I see some hands covering the eyes. Sorry. But recently what happened with me is I was driving up a road that in the month of August, we had our serve days, serve the city that took place here, giving everybody hoo-ha, that I think is Andre. But, you know, we, one of the values here at Christian Family Church is to make a difference. And so we give people an opportunity to make a difference and, and to experience the wonder of doing that. And then also just to, to bless the community. And so in August, we went out and we were broken into teams. And we went all around the, the various suburbs surrounding the church and did different things. And the team that I was on, we went and we targeted a couple of roads where we went to go and clean up and pick up all of the litter. And uh, we were all wearing red shirts. How many of you were on that uh, Serve Our City Day, right? So we were like, we were very evident. And uh, so we, we did this and we cleaned up. And it was actually a very cool experience, to be honest with you. My kids even said, gee, Dad, we've got to do this again. It's really great. And I said, well, clean your room first, buddy, before you. Anyway, no, I didn't say that. Um, here's a black bag. <laughs> Let's keep it local, baby. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, where's that red T-shirt? Under the bed. No, where is it? Under. Anyhow. So. I was driving down one of the roads that we'd cleaned, and I saw a guy walking in the opposite direction, and he was walking with his bag, a checkers packet or whatever it was, and he was unboxing something. And as he unboxed whatever he didn't need, he just chucked it on the ground. Yes, and of course, that string was tugged hectically. And it shot up, and I you know, put the brakes on, I put my car in reverse, and I thought, no, I can no fahiri ofetel. And I reversed, and he saw that I was... That I was rewinding, okay? And, and while I was reversing, I was letting the window down. It couldn't go down quick enough. And I'd already, I knew everything that I was going to shoot at this man. And when he saw me, he turned around and he began to walk to my car. And as he walked to my car, he picked up the stuff that he'd thrown on the ground. And I had to change my tune. And when he got to the window, he, he said, hi, uh, can I help you? <laughs> and, I, and I said to him, listen, uh, my friend, you know, just a few weeks ago, we, my church and uh, uh, people from my church, we were in this road cleaning up the litter. Because, you know, it's not looking very nice when, when people are throwing. And, and he said to me, yes, he saw with the red shirts. And uh, so there was no more opportunity. I, I just had to quickly bury that carnal man. I said to him, that's right. <laughs> from the church. And um, yeah, I'm glad you saw that. And I said to him, that's right, yeah, we, uh, we cleaned up, and, and so I just wanted to say, and you know what I said next really shocked me, I said, thanks so much for picking up the stuff that you threw on the ground. 
I really appreciate that. And, you know, we should, you should do that all the time. And he's like, oh, he's so sorry. And, and he was very sincere. Anyhow, in that moment, I invited him to church, and, and I said, you know, you need to come visit us there at Christian Family Church. You know where we are? He says, no, he knows exactly where we are. Thank you. He'll come to the church, and again, he's so very, very sorry for throwing it on the ground. And I said, no, bless you, man. Thank you so very much. And you know, when you see me at the church, you must come tell me, okay? And so my whole tune changed. And this is what I realized, is that when you ascribe honor to somebody, they often become more honorable. It sort of spurs them on to be a better person. But here's the thing. Even though that happens, more importantly, honoring benefits me. It benefits me more. Don't wait for them to deserve it. Give it to them anyway. So that's the second point that I want to raise tonight about honor. The second principle of honor is that honoring benefits me more than it does the person that I'm honoring. Look at Mark chapter 6. Jesus carries on. Or well, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. It goes on to say he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Think about that. The great power of Jesus, the Son of God, doing incredible, incredible miracles that got the people talking. The Bible uses the word amazed. His power, the Son of God, was weakened of His power because of the attitude of the people. It doesn't say that He would not heal them. It says He could not heal them. I wonder how many prayers God is saying, I'd love to do that for you, but I, but I can't because you've dealt wrongly with somebody. Your language towards someone was untowards, it was dishonoring, and we saw what that means. Perhaps your attitude towards someone is dishonoring. Maybe talking behind their back, you're dishonoring them by the way that you're, you're shooting them down and they're not even in your presence. We do that too easily. Conversely, the good news is that the Bible tells us what we can do. Actually, no, I want to say this. Could it be that we are weakening God of His power because of our own attitude towards others? Are we preventing God from moving the way that He wants to in our lives just because of our attitude towards others? And then conversely, the Bible tells us what we should be doing. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 2, it says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that, may, and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Does honoring benefit the honoree? No. This is the first commandment with a promise that it will go well with you. If we honor, it will go well with you. Here's something else that happens with honor. The more I value it, the more I get value from it. You're posturing your heart to receive when you do that. Can I give you an assignment tonight, a challenge? And I'm going to make it easy for you because we have our community night happening after the service. So when we're out there, let's honor each other. When you're going to receive your Coke, let the person in front of you go ahead of you. And then they're probably going to let the person go ahead of them. And, and eventually the person holding the Coke is just going to say, will you take the Coke for goodness sake? But it's an opportunity for us to honor. Go to those that you serve with here at the church and just tell them what they mean to you. If you have family here and maybe you've not had the opportunity or 
being stirred the way you are tonight, just to text them. Just send them a little message. Say, gee, thank you so very much. I appreciate who you are. And you mean so much to me. I just want to tell you that I love you. Tomorrow when you're in the queue, remember to honor and not to join the crowd in bad-mouthing every second person in South Africa. I want to demonstrate how you go about honoring people. I'd like to honor some people tonight. Firstly, I'd like to honor Apostle Theo, my spiritual dad, the man who has impacted me so much in life. Yes, come on, let's give God a... He's impacted me so much in life that when I was in school, there was a pair of pants that I refused to wear. It wasn't a cool style. Until my mom said, but it's like Apostle Theo's pants, and so I wore them to school. That's impact, okay? I was asked years ago if I would be prepared to teach some computer skills and some specific software to Apostle Theo and Pastor Bev, and, you know, would I mind doing it? Would I mind doing it? Of course I'd do it. It was about 25 years ago. And, you know, I was so excited. I was going to be in his presence. I was going to be at his house. The first Friday, it happened on Fridays. The first Friday, I was counting the sleepies before I would be there. I was, it was supposed to start at 2 at 1 o'clock. I was already parked outside the house. I'm telling you, it was such a great privilege for me. He's inspired me from the earliest days. I didn't want to go to children's church. I wanted to be in the service and listen to Apostle Theo. Okay, back then, children's church wasn't as cool as it is now. But So I honor Apostle Theo, and he continues to make a huge impact in my life. The second person I'd like to honor is my father. I admire my father's dedication. I've seen him open his home with four children, open his home to destitute people. Come and live here. Not, here's a Coke and a peanut butter sandwich. Come, here's a room for you. Stay here. We'll look after you while you're in the state. I've seen that happen on a number of occasions. I honor my dad for the way that he loves my mom, just the way that God expects and so, family, I'm asking you to do the same. Never speak bad of someone. Let's go pour out love, and let's go and pour out affection. And, and you know, tonight I honor God. I honor God because He gave His only Son for me. He let Him die so that I could live. I mean, really? That is the highest display of love. There is no greater display. And you know what? I honor those of you that are far from God tonight. Because just like God, we see you in your depravity and we see you in your dignity at the same time. And it doesn't matter what you've done. We see you. I see you like God sees you. And I'd like every head to be bowed right now and every eye to be closed. And I'm speaking to those of you that are far from God or have never even had the opportunity to meet God. Tonight is your night. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'd like to invite those of you that would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For those of you that perhaps are far from God, tonight He has you here because He is standing with His arms open wide and He's inviting you back like a loving Father. And I want to ask you, at the count of three, if you would raise your hand, I'd love to pray with you. If you were to die tonight, and you couldn't tell me for sure that you would go to heaven. If you're not sure of where you're going to spend eternity, I would like to include you in this prayer. So at the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. I'm going to praise God. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands going up. Don't let tonight 
pass you by without making right with God. Don't let tonight pass you by without knowing for sure where you will spend eternity, folks. You may not get another chance. If there's anybody else, I'm going to ask you, you can raise your hand right now. One, two, three. And we're going to pray together with you. Thank you for those hands. For those of you in the other venues, raise your hand nice and high. For those of you at home, you can just raise your hand right there just as a sign to God. I can't see you, but he does. We're going to pray a prayer together, you and I. And I'm going to invite the entire congregation to pray this prayer together. Your life is about to be changed forever. Come on, everybody, let's say this together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I honor you tonight. I thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your only son, to die on the cross for me. I give my life to you. Thank you that you have forgiven me of every sin that I've ever committed. Thank you that you see me as saved and glorified because I've made this decision. I am a child of God, and right now, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Praise the Lord. Well, God bless you, everyone who has come into the family of God. Congratulations. We're so proud of you. God is so proud of you. You've made such an amazing decision, and we just give God all the glories. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.